Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater, and I'm so excited that I have my sweet friend, Lori Austin, at the table with me today. Lori, welcome to Encouragement Cafe. It's great to be here. Thank you, Luann. Well, honey, I know that you get the opportunity and have had the opportunity in your life to really travel the globe and see a lot of different areas, and and you've witnessed a lot of things in your life. And so today I've asked you to come to the table and just share your heart. I, I know that there's some things on your mind and on your heart. So would you just kind of lay the groundwork for us today? Yeah. Last year I'm in India. I'm working with an organization there that works with children that have been born to prostitutes. And walking amongst the red light district, um, one of the things that struck me the first time when I walked in there, there was a man who was standing off to the side and he was wearing this kind of like leisure suit. And he had the, the glasses that if you go out skeet shooting or shooting like the orange glasses and it just had this glow to his eyes. And I remember looking at him and knowing that he was a, a pimp, an owner. And I remember thinking this is a bad guy. But as I continued to walk towards him, I just felt the presence of evil. And it's like my fist just balled up and I was like, oh, I'm going to look this man square in the eyes. And it's just like evil be gone, like Satan, get out of this place. Because he was one person, but among the many were many girls that were that were there. And I, I started to ask a ton of questions like, OK, so who brings them here and who's selling these girls here and how long are they here for? And and how are we reaching out and what's the organization doing? And one of the things that stood out to me was that prostitution is legal in India if you're over 18. And um, so here's all these women that to my brain, I'm thinking they're choosing this. They're choosing mm. to be here. And in fact, they are choosing because of whatever their circumstances are. And I think that there's been so much abuse that has led them to this place. But walking amongst these women that are just painted garishly with all this makeup, it's just like awful. And young women, old women, and it just felt like I was walking amongst zombies. Because I'm thinking in my head, like, we're going to rally together. I'm going to get as many women as possible. How many people can we fit in that van? Like, we're going to stuff them all in. I'm going to rescue every single woman. And um, the men that I was working with, and he said, Lori, they're, they're choosing to be here. We can't just do that. That's not the work that we can do because they have to choose to get out. They have to make that choice. And we want to maybe give them all the resources possible. And I thought, well, why aren't they making that choice? Why are they choosing this? And I I had to leave that red light district. And it, it still haunts me of like, why? Why are you choosing this? Why are you not fighting back? Why? Why are you living in this abuse? And that's a very simplistic from an American point of view that has grown up with so much privilege and has never had abuse and never been bought or sold. From my perspective, I know that it's overly simplified, but I think as I look upon these women, I just, my heart screams out, oh God, rescue them. Mm. And that's the picture that I've, I've took with me. It's been about a year and and I think that it's not just the women that are working in the red light district, Luann. 
but I think that there's an application for me living Ooh. in suburban America. There's an application where I think that God is like turning that lens back and saying, Lori, where are the places that you are a zombie? Wow. What a powerful story. And I can't even imagine. I can't imagine. I have friends that have visited India and have come back with similar stories. And But you're right. Here in America, have our own type of bondage. We have our own types of things that hold us down. And I thought it was very interesting when you said they choose to stay there. And, you know, there are so many of us, and and maybe you're sitting here at the table with us today and you're going, I want to raise my hand because I have those binding things in my life that because that's the way I was brought up, that's the only thing I know. I don't know how to get out of my situation. I don't know how to make it any better. And wow, we can look around our pews at church. We can look around our neighborhoods. We can look around with the people that we even work with and we associate with at the grocery store. There are people all around who live in some type of an atmosphere where we have been in that type of bondage, zombie atmosphere like you were describing. One of the places that has struck me is I have been reading in Isaiah. I was on a plane the other day writing, and I got to tell you, my seatmate probably thought, what is going on with this woman? (laughs) Because my fists were balled up, and it was just like I was like speaking and writing, and like tears were streaming down, and he's like making sure it was just water in my glass. But you know, um, the scripture that jumped out at me, and it was just like this, like this rallying cry, it's Isaiah 52. And it says, awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion, put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself from the dust, arise, sit down, O Jerusalem, loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. And maybe you're not like me, but maybe, you know, as I'm reading this, maybe there is this place where it's like, get up, get up, wake up first and yeah. foremost, but put on the garments. And, and I think all throughout scripture, God is, God brings to life. God brings us from death to life. And if we're talking about bondage and we're talking about walking around as zombies and we are dead, And I'm not talking about if you are a prostitute in the red light district, you may be a a mom of three that has a job that has got a ministry and you are living life in suburbia. And there is something about that. There is something that you believe in Satan's enemies, that you are in bondage and you are dead in that. And you're just walking around, going through the motions. And God is giving us a cry to say, wake up. And not just wake up, but rise up. And I love that picture of dust yourself off. And that kind of implies that we're in the dirt, right? Like we're laying down and we're just covered in dirt. And it's like, uh uh-uh, you rise up, you dust that off and we're going to battle. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck. Where are we finding bondage? And where is there an action, an impetus on our part to say, what do we need to be doing with the Lord to loose ourselves from that? Lori, that just makes me, I, I love the, I love your passion. First of all, I love your passion for this because it makes me uh, examine myself. You know, you look in the mirror and you just kind of get 
in a rut. You're kind of status quo and you just don't realize. I think Satan's beautiful way of handling us is by making us kind of numb. He makes us numb and makes us feel like it's okay. We're we're good. We don't need to rise up. Just stay right where you are. Because if you rise up, then God's going to get the glory. And if you rise up, things are going to change. And so when we walk through life just kind of sleepwalking, and I think that we just miss it when we allow Satan to look at us in the mirror and say, who do you think you are? Why do you think you matter? And I know for me that happens, and I know it probably happens for you too. You know, the personal application from me goes back a number of years ago when um, I was a missionary overseas in the Czech Republic, and there was just this sense where maybe I was just kind of going through the motions. And as a missionary, you can't go through the motions, right? You're supposed to be, I'm doing air quotes here, you're supposed to be that professional Christian right. <laughs> where you got it all together. And there was a time of prayer where we just kept praying and it felt like every time we prayed, God, what is my fear in this? Like physically, as I would pray that out and ask that of God, I would either get um, like, it felt like I got narcolepsy. Like all of a sudden I'm like, I'm super tired, you guys. I'm just going to fall asleep now. Or I would get vertigo and I would be really nauseous and I'd have to sit down. And it just felt like I was coming up against something so strong, like a stronghold in my life. And so my friends, my faithful friends, we just rolled up our sleeves and we're like, we're going to go to battle and we are going to get down and spend a time of prayer. And through that time of prayer, there's about seven hours straight. I mean, we went until like four in the morning and through that time of prayer, what was revealed to me and revealed to my my circle there that we were all praying together was that there was such a place of bondage, of, of self-loathing that was revealed to me. And it was like, it was almost an idol because of insecurities, because of things that had happened way back in my life, there was this idol, there was this lie that I believed that I was not going to be desirable, nobody would love me. And so my the behavior that I adopted was that I would hate myself first. I would hate myself most so that nobody else could catch me off guard. Nobody could be like, ah, I don't like you. And so I could say, ah, I don't like me either, so <laughs> checkmate. And that behavior then became this lie and this belief about myself. And what Satan was doing was he was just keeping me on this bench of like, nobody likes you, everybody hates you, you hate you too. And instead, me as a created daughter of Christ, that has, of God, that has been um, created with purpose and given and power and vision to be a force in the kingdom, I was on the bench, man. I was on the bench believing just crap about myself. And through that time, God gave me a place of freedom. And it was physically standing up. I was sitting down at one point and my pastor said, you need to stand up, Lori. You need to proclaim this truth and you need to go to battle with the lies of the enemy. And I, I was reminded of that time when I'm reading here in Isaiah of wake up, rise up. There is a battle at hand for you and I, for our hearts, but there's no pulse to your faith. There's no action. There's no delight that you have in your place in God's kingdom. And that is something that I think we got to stop being zombies. And so women, mm. men, we got to be troublemakers for the kingdom of God. We got to say, <laughs> God, we got to rise up. 
Mm, girl, I love what you're saying. I believe what you're saying. And I've experienced that as well. I always called it like a line in the sand. When God called me to stop pretending, stop living as though everything was just okay, you know, that I'm a good girl, you know, I'm doing all the right things and I'm trying to do my best. And when God said, I don't want you to do your best, I want you to do what I've called you to do. And Lori, it was like, I drew a line in the sand and said, this is it. God doesn't want you to look a year down the road or three years down the road or five years down the road. He's saying, are you willing to take the next step to free yourself from this dull, non moving life, this routine, this rut, are you willing to let me undo the chains and you rise up and you, girl, take the next step? Are you willing? That, that is a scary question. And sometimes I think that we, we plot it out too much. Like we, we think that we've got to get it all together and we have to know how to, to take those next steps and we have to you know do the right things. And there's something raw about even in the midst of the dirt and the very bottom when it feels like you have nothing left to give that you just say, Jesus, show me, show me that next thing. Or you dust off this shoulder because I have no strength even for that. And and I think that that's the beauty of community too, Luann, is that um, in our flesh, we fail time and time again. And as we as we choose to bring together people in our in our sphere of influence that can speak boldly to us that we allow to to see us fully in our lives that they can um, give us feedback that they're men and women that that love God that know the word that can pray that over us and for us when we are weak I think that there's something really beautiful about what God has designed and and seen the power of the church and um, I think that that's one of the things that I have experienced the most, that when I know that I've been been in bondage, or maybe I didn't know it then, it's been the people that, around me that have loved me well through that to, to faithfully pray for me and with me. And sometimes we see it on our own, and sometimes we don't. And I think that if we could be community of one another, that um, the world wants us to judge one another and compare one another and create hierarchies and division. And if we can fight against that and say, no, we want to be a community that spurs one another on to live in freedom, to live rightly before the Lord, to live as warriors together. That's one step that I think that we can take too, is is finding those, those women, those friends that will be that hard place that you run up against sometimes and man you need it because you don't have the strength but they they come in and help you see Jesus more clearly too even in that I love that I think that is key I mean first of all you know just finding God in the scripture I mean you cannot make this kind of uh, a commitment and a radical change unless you are allowing God to speak into you through his word I mean, absolutely, that's got to be number one. You, you, you got on fire because you were reading that word on the plane, and it just sparked something in you. And that's the way God's word works. I mean, he, he says it's, it's alive, you know, and it is. God's word will be new to us every single day if we choose 
to get into it and and ask him, Lord, help me to see what you need me to see today in your word. Set me on fire. And Lori, I don't know if you know this or not, but every year I choose a word instead of a New Year's resolution. I choose a word and I say, Lord, help me to filter everything through that word. I pray over it. I make sure that it's the one that he's chosen for me. One year it was undivided. One year it was disciplined. You know what my word is this year? Fire. Fire. I was like, Lord, that's a little dramatic, you know, but everything that I'm seeing him call me to this year is, okay, Luann, you, you have been preparing in the years past to get ready for this fire that I am igniting in you. And I, I want it. I want it. And when I read the scripture, he does. I mean, every morning when I go there, he just calls me to himself. And it's just such a sweet bonding place. And then I get to share it with my girlfriends like you. You know, I get to share it with the ones who are on that path too. And they're saying, I want to shake the chains. I don't want to live where Satan wants me in that quiet, peaceful life that never, never gets riled. You know, it's hard sometimes to explain it to people when they are like, well, calm down, (laughs) just, just be comfortable where you are. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. God's brewing this fire. He's, he's stoking my embers and he's saying, catch fire because I've got so much that I have in store for you, but you got to get there. You've got to make the choice, the daily choice to get up, rise up and take the next step. And then surround yourself with other women who are on that same path, who say, yes, I see it. I believe it. I know that God is able and faithful to teach me along the way and to teach you too. I think those are key, but then... But then God's calling us to then go and teach others and compel others to see this bond-breaking God that we serve, this this God that rips away the chains and says, you don't have to choose to live in the dirt anymore, my girl. You know, I think that there's two... There's two probably places as as people are listening right now and joining us in this this conversation and dialogue. There's one where um, you talk about bondage and it's just like this like they know exactly what that bondage is. They can put a name to it, and it has been something that perhaps that they have struggled with and and fought against their entire life. And it's so clear. It's spelled out in front of them. And the choice then is to say, well, then what do I do about it? Um, And why do I let that rule me and keep me oppressed? And that's that's the work ahead is to be able to answer that question. Why do I allow this um, to to oppress me? And then for the other um, others that are listening right now, we may be talking about a subject that you're like, I just don't get it. Like, I guess Uh that there's women out there. I mean, that's not me. and there's not something that is resonating immediately coming off of this page. And um, and I'm not trying to rile it up and be like, oh, there's something. Trust me, there's something. <laughs> but I think that um, 
we as believers, if we can think of, um, my mom is a health food fanatic, and she's always talking about these detoxes and just kind of taking through your system. And I think that there's a practice that we can have as, as believers uh, to detox and to just do this inventory with the Lord of, Lord, I, I feel like I don't feel like I'm running up against walls. I don't feel like I'm living in fear. I don't. And that may be true. And praise God for that. But I think that if we have a regular discipline of asking God, where has the enemy just creeped into that small little crack? What lie am I believing about myself as a wife, as a mom, as as an employee or a colleague? Um, where are those places? Because if there are and there's any sort of foothold and there's any sort of lie that I'm believing about myself, that just manifests into all these different areas. And it, Satan is so crafty in the way that he does it, not in these big ways, but it just kind of continues to dull our senses. And so if we have got a discipline, a practice of checking in with the Lord and saying, God, show me the lies that I am believing. I don't see it. And if you do that by yourself or if you do that in community with people of like, hey, reflect back to me, you guys. Is there something that you guys need to be sharing with me? I think that we will be as a community of believers I just I love this picture that women are troublemakers, and I think that the enemy wants us to be this complaint, complacent, nice. Ugh, I don't want to be nice against the enemy. Like I want to like be knocking on his door. Like, oh hello, I'm awake. You know, I love that phrase when it's like <laughs> you get up in the morning and as soon as your your feet hit the floor, Satan's like, oh man, she's awake. Yes, <laughs> that's what I want him to think. You know. And so I don't want him to have any foothold. And if I'm numb to it or if I see it blatantly, I want to go after those things because they keep me down and they impact who I am as a believer. And I just think that God is uh, there's so much more at hand for us to live and experience. And I, you know, the first part of Hebrews I love this. I think it's Hebrews 4. Forgive me if I'm off on this, but the beginning of Hebrews and in the message version, I love this picture um, that it displays. It says, stop finger painting and get on to the great masterpiece of faith. And that to me is the reason why we fight against this bondage. Because if we are stuck in the dirt, we are stuck with this chain around our neck of lies that we believe that the enemy has just kept us on the bench. We're just sitting in the dirt finger painting, you guys. And God is like, stop finger painting. There is something so much greater for you to know in what I have created for you. And that is why we stand up against the enemy. That is why we say, God, I want to believe your truth and give me the eyes and the heart and the discernment to know what that is and how I put that on. I love that. And here's the call to action, gals. You know, there's so many things that Lori has said today that may or may not resonate with you, but here's my prayer. I want you to allow God to start opening up some of those places way down deep that maybe you've just been uh, having a closed door on and you're like, no, I've tucked that away and it hasn't caused any problem for years, so let's not bring it out. I just want you to be open to that because I believe that you are listening to this program on purpose right now. God had you accidentally tune in so that you would hear this message. And there's a reason. And so every single one of us has an opportunity right now to say, God, examine me. And so this week, 
I'm just going to pray that God will examine each one of us and shine a light on those areas where we have been allowing Satan to keep us bound up. And girls, we love you. And we come around this table every single week because we do. And we are family. And we do want to walk this thing called life together. So if you have a special prayer, if you want a girlfriend, we're here. You know how to get in touch with us, encouragementcafe.com. And Lori's going to be at March 4th event. You can find out all about it. You don't want to miss an opportunity to find girlfriends. So wherever you are, reach out to God first and then to others. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.